Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello again. We're looking at the sixth of seven churches that Jesus wrote letters to in the book of Revelation. Around about 95 AD, 60 odd years after Jesus has gone back up to heaven, there are churches. They're still thriving and Jesus is still alive and he's speaking to his churches. Are you in a church? Because he's still alive today and he is speaking in churches. Get into a church. This church called Philadelphia, which means brotherly love, is the best church of them all, I think. So he says in Revelation 3 verse 7, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write. So he's writing to a messenger who he calls an angel who is probably the leader, the senior preacher. He says, To the leader of the church in Philadelphia, right? These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. Jesus always starts his letters by introducing himself, and it's an aspect of his character that is relevant to that church. A, because of what they're going through and they need to see that part of Jesus in their lives. But B, because that is also how they shine Jesus to the world around them. And not every church is the same. We need all the different facets and types and variations of church. But Jesus here says he is holy and we know that only God is holy. So he's basically saying, I'm God. He says, I am true. You can trust what I have to say. And then he says, I have the key of David. And what I open, no one can shut. What I shut, no one can open. Have you ever thought of this concept of doors and keys? We wouldn't need doors and keys if there was no sin in the world. And if there was no difficulty, no bad weather, no, no problems with thieves, no, all these different things. We wouldn't need to stop people coming into rooms or, or find ways through into different areas that are prevented. But there is sin in the world, and so there are doors and there are locks. And if you have the key, you have great power, especially if the thing inside is valuable or important, or if you are stuck inside something as a prisoner and you need to get out a key and a door is a hugely important part of our lives. How many of us have lost our keys and it has caused us great distress? I've done that on several occasions. What about if you've lost the passcode to your phone or your device? It's the same idea. It's something that allows you access. And if you have it, it is wonderful. Life can proceed wonderfully. But if you don't have it, it is a real problem. And Jesus says he is the ultimate key holder and the ultimate door. And I want to examine this a little bit more today and just expand on it because it is so rich and beautiful and powerful. But this church, Philadelphia, Jesus said to them, I'm the key opener and the door opener and I am with you. And what he's saying to them is I'm giving you guys keys and I'm giving you open doors and opportunities and this is a time of opportunity. Lift up your eyes, see what I have for you, rejoice and take hold of the opportunity. It's, a, it's a, an amazing offer. Now, at the end of this letter and all the letters, he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So this is relevant to us as well as it was to Philadelphia. And I believe we're going to see today that Jesus has keys and doors that he wants to give 
to us, open doors for things that he has for us to do. He goes on in verse 8, I know your works. This is something he says to every church. He knows what's going on. Now, he looks at our works, not just what we do on the outside, but what's on the inside. In one of the earlier churches, he says he examines our hearts and our minds. And he knows our works because our works show what has happened on the inside of us. We're not saved. We don't get to heaven because we do enough good things. We're saved by a gift of God giving us forgiveness and giving us his spirit. That's how we're saved. But when we are saved, it will always result in a change in our works, in the way that we act. And so Jesus says, I'm looking at how you're living your life and why. And he says, I know what's going on in your life. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. Hallelujah. Friend, did you know that Jesus has opened doors for you? He really has. But he requires us to walk through them. Let me read on and I'll come back to this a little later. He says, you have a little strength. So he says, I've, I've given you an open door for these three reasons. You have a little strength. You have kept my word and you have not denied my name. If we keep going. He says, you've kept my word, you've not denied my name, even though you have very little strength, you have stuck at it for a long period of time, you haven't given up. Doors start to open. Friend, if you will just stay the course, if you will outlive your detractors and your enemies, if you will just stick at what God has given you to do over time, doors start to open. And Jesus says, I've set before you an open door because... Not because you're strong and amazing. No, you have very little strength, but you've kept my word and you've not denied my name. You've stayed the course. That's a word for someone today. You may be tired. You may be feeling like giving up. Jesus says, stick at it. Doors start to open. Amen. Verse 9. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. They, they were enemies in this church of Philadelphia. They were Jewish of descent. They were Jewish people, but they didn't love God. And they said they were the only ones who really knew God. Jesus says, no, no, they're not true Jews yet. They may be of Jewish descent, but they need to also accept Jesus to become fully complete. And Jesus says he's going to make them worship. So they are going to become saved, even though they're attacking the church in Philadelphia. They're going to become saved. Can you see how the, the viewpoint that he's giving them is open doors, outward looking. Even your enemies are potential Christians. Amazing. Keep your eyes open. Do you remember when Jesus was with his disciples, he said, lift up your eyes for the fields are white unto harvest. He says, you say there are four months until harvest, but I say, no, it's now. We've got to lift up our eyes. Sometimes our eyes are on ourselves or on our problems. We hang our heads low, but Jesus says, look up and see what I have for you. There's an open door. He goes on in verse 10, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. There was an hour of trial coming. Um, this is probably referring to the great tribulation, but also other tribulations that we go through. And Jesus said that because they had kept going and, and kept the faith, he was going to keep them safe from this time and they were not going to go through it. 
And then in verse 11, he says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Jesus gives us crowns in the Bible. There are five names of crowns listed in the Bible. They're amazing. There's the crown of righteousness. There's the crown of the imperishable crown, the crown of rejoicing, the crown of glory, and the crown of life. And Jesus said, if you just keep persevering, keep going and keep your eyes up, you will get crowns. But there are people trying to take your crowns. You know, when people try to discourage you and say, you can't do this, give up, just become mediocre, don't try and do great things for God, uh, give up your faith, uh, just become like the rest of the world. What they're actually trying to do is take away your crowns, your crown of rejoicing, your crown of life, your imperishable crown, your crown of righteousness, your crown of glory that God wants to give you. He's got crowns ready to give you when you get to heaven. And people are trying to take those away. The world is continually trying to deaden your Christian faith. And we need to say no. Jesus said, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Will you agree with me today, Christian, that no one is going to take your crown? Even if you have to die for it, you are going to stay the course with the Lord because it's better to be in heaven with him forever than to lose your Jesus. Verse 12, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more. Isn't that interesting? He says, right now I've given you an open door, but if you overcome and you stay the course to the end, when you get to heaven, you will be a pillar. That means fixed in the house of God and you will go out no more. There'll be no more doors needed. There's, there's no more going out to try and save the lost once we're in heaven. It's just rejoicing, which means we have a short time here on earth. This little opportunity, these few years that we have on planet earth are the only chance we get to reach out for the lost. Let's use them because they'll be gone in the blink of an eye. And when we're in heaven, earth will seem like a distant memory. And we just have a short opportunity, a small window of opportunity, a door of opportunity to reach the lost. He says, when you overcome, you will go out no more. You won't be going through doors anymore. I will write on him the name of my God. You know, God gives new names to people. And whenever he gives new names, it's, it's a sign of the change of character and the blessing that he's put on them. Abraham becomes Abraham, the father of many nations. Uh, many of them through the Bible have their names changed. Uh, Simon the reed becomes Peter the rock. And God, with a new name, gives new blessing and his identity. And he says he's going to write the name of God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and Jesus's new name. And then earlier on in, in chapter 2, verse 17, he says, and he's giving you a new name. So there's four names that he wants to give you. Identities. God is part of your identity. The city of God or the church of the people of God is part of your identity. This is who you are. Your identity is not your racial background. It's not your profession. It's not your family name. It's not your interests. It's none of those different desires and interests that we have. Your identity is God the Father, the city of God, the people, the church of God. Jesus's name is your identity. And God has a new name that only you know that he's giving you. And then he ends by saying, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. 
So what is the Spirit saying to you and to the church? Let me talk about this idea of keys and doors. The first way that Jesus is the door and the key is when we become Christians. So we are bound up. When we are born in this world, we are bound up in sin because Adam and Eve sinned and all of us have been excluded from God's presence. But Jesus in Revelation 1 verse 18 says, I hold the key of death and Hades. What he meant was when he died, he went down to hell and he took the keys of death and Hades and he said, people do not need to stay in hell anymore. They can come out. It's the key of salvation. Jesus says, I have taken those keys from the devil. He can't force people to stay away from God. Now we have the ability to unlock the door and open the door and say, come, let's escape from the devil's clutches. You know, in John chapter 10, Jesus described himself as the good shepherd. And then he described the enemy, the devil, as the thief who comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. And the devil does want to do that. He locks people up in bondage, in sin, in deception, in misunderstanding, uh, in confusion, in fear, in addiction. The devil locks people up, but Jesus comes to set people free. And in that same chapter where Jesus said he is the good shepherd, he also said that he is the door. And I want to just read a few verses from that. In John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So what Jesus was saying is, I've taken the keys of death and Hades. I've opened the door so people don't need to be in hell anymore. But I'm also the door. If you come through me, you get to know me, you believe in me and love me, and you see what I have done for you by dying on the cross, you are saved. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. That's the first way that Jesus holds keys and that he is a door. He allows people to be set free from the devil's prison and to be released. Isn't that amazing? Friend, you may be in a prison that the devil is holding you in right now. And I want to tell you, there is no prison that the devil has that Jesus cannot set you free from. There is no sin that he will not forgive. There is no bondage. There is no addiction. There is nothing that the devil can do or can hold you in that Jesus cannot set you free from. There's an amazing story in the Gospels of a, a man who had over a thousand demons. The demons called themselves legion. There were so many in him. And he came when Jesus landed on the shore of the place where he lived. He was so bound up that he lived naked. He would cut himself. He lived in the graveyard. He was mentally disturbed because of all these demons that had bound him for so long. But it says when Jesus landed on the shore of the area where he lived, he came and he knelt down at Jesus' feet. Because no matter how much the bondage is, the presence of Jesus allows us to come and kneel at his feet and Jesus set that man free from all of those demons. And Jesus can set us free from sin, from guilt, from addiction. Just pray this prayer with me if you need to be set free. Say, Jesus, you've promised whoever calls on your name will be saved, set free and healed. And I call on your name right now. Please come in and break the bondage. I thank you that you have the keys of death and Hades and you can forgive me. And I trust you now that you are forgiving me right now in Jesus name. 
Let us know if you prayed that prayer, leadinglightsnetwork.com. We would love to help you. The second way that Jesus has keys or that he is a door is the keys of the kingdom. Um, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is having a conversation with Peter and the other apostles. And he says to them, who do people say that I am? And they say, some say this person, some say that. But Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to him, blessed are you. Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Uh, you are Petros, a little rock, and on this big rock, Petra, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So Jesus is talking about church and growing his church and building his church. And he says straight after that, um, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus was saying, I am giving you, Peter, and the church, because he mentions the word church. This is the first time he ever said the word church. He says, I'm going to build my church, on this foundation of apostles and prophets, people who understand Jesus is the Son of God, revealed by God. I'm going to build my church on this, on this truth that Jesus is the Son of God. And I'm giving the church the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loosed will be loosed in heaven. Uh, the actual Greek says, will have been loosed in heaven, will have been bound in heaven. In other words, we hear from heaven what Jesus wants to do, and he gives us keys to be able to set people free from the gates of Hades, the gates of hell will not prevail. We set people free and get them saved, but also we heal people. We speak truth and, and dispel ignorance and deception. We help people, we show them love, we show them hope, we show them light, we educate people, we feed people. We do all the things that Jesus did when he was on planet earth. And he's given us the authority, the keys, to be able to do that. Now, very closely linked with this is the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all the nationalities, baptizing them, teaching them. And I'm with you always to the end of the age. It's the same idea. Jesus gives the keys and he is the door for us to become saved. But then he gives us keys to go and save others. But not just save others, to disciple others, to grow others, to help them to become more and more like Jesus. This is the second key. And this is the second way that Jesus is a door or that he opens a door. He makes a way for us when we are willing as Christians. He makes a way for us to obey the Great Commission. He opens doors for us. He speaks to our hearts and he says, go to speak to that person, go to this place, go to that event. He helps us to pray the right way. He gives us opportunities. He gives us power to lay hands on the sick and they recover and to have the right words to say to someone. He gives keys, the keys of the kingdom to set people free from hell. And he gives us open doors to be able to share the gospel. Amazing. And then, Lastly, uh, here Jesus says, I, I give to you, church in Philadelphia, 
the keys and I open the door before you. Let me, let me just show you how this worked. In Acts chapter 16, I'm just going to give you a quick few examples of how this works in real life. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and his friends were trying to obey God's great commission. And in verse 6, it says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Asia is Ephesus. So they wanted to go to Ephesus and the Holy Spirit closed the door, said to them, no, that's not right. After they came to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Another door closed. Jesus said, that's not the right time yet to go to Bithynia. But the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia saying, come over and share God's word with us. The door opened to go to Macedonia. Can you see how God is closing and opening doors to lead us in obeying the Great Commission? It's an amazing story. There are three or four examples. So he's mentioned Ephesus here, where he tried to go in Acts chapter 16, but he was prevented. But later on in Acts chapter 18, he did go. And he writes from Ephesus in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. He says, a great and effective door has opened to me here and there are many adversaries. God opens doors, but that doesn't mean he takes away the enemies and the opposition. There are adversaries, just like when the Israelites went into the promised land, there were still giants to be fought. God has opened doors for us, but there is still opposition for us to overcome. That's the first example. Then Troas, he mentions Troas in this passage about doors opening and closing. In 2 Corinthians 2 verse 12, it says, Furthermore, Paul speaking, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus my brother, but taking my leave of them, I departed to Macedonia. Again, Macedonia speaking here. So what Paul says is, I came here, there was an open door, but there was no one to help me. Friends, Jesus opens doors to us, not so much as individuals, but as groups of Christians. And you need to team up with others and say, what is the door that God is opening for us? If God has opened a door for you in your workplace to speak to people, to pray for people, Get another Christian to agree with you in prayer. We are supposed to do things together. And when we stand together, then things happen. Just a third one. The last one I'm going to mention was Rome. Paul is writing to the Colossians when he's in prison in Rome. And he says, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains. Paul said to the Colossians, please pray that while I'm here in prison, God would open a door, not a prison door for me to be set free. No, a spiritual door for me to be able to share the gospel with those who are around me. Friends, I want to say to you that Jesus is the door and he is the key, but we need to walk through it. Let me just reiterate for you. He is he has the keys of death and Hades. Revelation 1 verse 18, he says, I am the one who holds the keys of death and Hades. And in John 10 verse 9, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Salvation is the first door and the first key which Jesus embodies. Then he gives us the keys of the kingdom and he opens doors for us. 
I have given you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. And in John 10, that same passage where Jesus said, I am the door. He says, but I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. He was saying it's not just getting saved. You come in and out to find pasture for yourself, but also to help others. He goes on to say, he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He says he wants us to become shepherds of other sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Part of Jesus being the door is he wants to keep opening doors for us and calling out to us and saying, don't go into Mysia, come to Troas, go to Macedonia. And we need to be listening and hearing those doors. Friends, we at Leading Lights believe passionately that God wants everyday Christians like you to be obeying the Great Commission and to be looking for these open doors. It starts with you becoming a Christian and saying, Lord Jesus, I want to walk through the door of your salvation. But then there's so much more. Just as Jesus spoke to this church in Philadelphia and he said, I've opened doors for you. Jesus is speaking to you, my friend. He's given you time. He's given you relationships. He's given you opportunities. He's given you favor. He's given you money and resources. He's given you talents and gifts. He has put opportunities in your path. I don't know how long those opportunities will last. None of us knows. But Jesus says, I am the one. I am the door and I'm the doorkeeper. I give you keys and I open doors and I'm speaking to you. Will you hear my voice and walk through them? If you're excited to start sharing your faith or maybe start praying with other people or whatever it is in your environment, not just trusting the pastor is going to do it, but for you to listen to Jesus and walk through doors, we would love to help you. You don't have to link up with us. You can do it with other Christians wherever you live. But if you need help, we at Leading Lights Network are here for you. Look us up. We would love to help you. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the one who opens doors even today, that you have opened doors of opportunity for me today. Please, Lord, help me to lift up my eyes, to see the doors that you've given me and to walk through them. I thank you for your opportunities. I thank you for the power of your spirit. And I thank you for teaming me up with other people to be able to walk through doors for you. Jesus, thank you that you are the door that you hold the keys, that you open doors that no one can shut. And I thank you that you are using us today for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.